Hey, what's up, everybody? Isaac here, Civil Engineering Academy. Excited to be with you on another podcast episode. Sorry about the background. We are in the midst of moving, so you get what you get. But anyway, I'm excited to be with you today. I bring on a course student of ours that entered our the Ultimate Civil P Review course that we offer at Civil Engineering Academy, Cameron McLaurin. He actually recently passed his PE exam, so I wanted to get him on here and talk about his journey to passing. He works for New York State Department of Transportation and has a a ton of experience in a variety of different fields, including construction, water resources, transportation. It's all mixed in there. He ended up taking the water resources depth exam. Well, the reason why he took that is very interesting. He'll talk about that in the podcast episode, but I really enjoyed him coming on, talking about his own journey. There's definitely going to be some tips in here that you're going to want to pay attention to if you are in the hunt of passing your own PE exam. But anyway, it was just a pleasure. So Cameron's going to be coming up right after this. Can't wait till you listen to it. And feel free to share this with a friend and leave comments if you are interested in hearing more of this content. Definitely give us a like and a subscribe and leave us some sweet comments. We love hearing about those when we love reading them. So if you need help on your own journey, check us out at civilengineeringacademy.com. We do have an FE course, PE course. We have a certified flood manager course that's coming online in November. And we are working on a California seismic and survey course. So it's all coming up, exciting stuff. There's a lot of moving parts moving and uh, we're excited to help you out on your own journey to become a professional engineer. So anyway, that's a lot of stuff. Without further ado, let's get to Cameron and hear his story and his journey. You're going to like it. It's coming up right after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is awesome. It's 100% real chocolate, 100% delicious. If you have not tried these, I don't know what's wrong with you. They recently came out with a coconut brownie chunk, which is amazing. I'm a big coconut fan, so if you're in the coconut camp, you got to try that. If not, what's wrong with you? Just kidding. They have lots of other different flavors, so go check them out. They have strawberry, they've got cherry lime, peanut butter brownie, coconut. Again, different types of coconut bars, raspberry, double chocolate, and all kinds of stuff. This stuff is way better than a candy bar for you. Definitely a snack you want as you're studying for your FE or PE. It's got 130 calories, only 2.5 grams of fat, 4 net carbs, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. This is way better than what's out there for other protein bars and definitely better than candy bars. So go check it out at civilengineeringacademy.com slash built and use our discount code of C-I-V-A-C and you'll get a 10% off on anything that you order there. So go check that out. Hey guys, if you haven't already, I want to let you know about our awesome newsletter. If you haven't signed up for the Civil Engineering Academy newsletter, seriously, what's wrong with you? I'm just kidding. Go check it out though. You'll get all the latest episodes that we produce, blog articles, exams, discounts, course material, All this fun stuff is through our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up, go check it out. That's civilengineeringacademy.com slash newsletter. You'll be taken. Go sign up and uh, you'll start getting our fun newsletters that we send out usually once a week. So go check it out. Civilengineeringacademy.com slash newsletter and go sign up. Cameron, we are live and running. Thanks for joining me on the uh, Civil Engineering Academy podcast today. Hey, thanks, Isaac. I'm uh, really excited to be on this today. I'm excited to talk to you. I think this is awesome. So I'm excited for you. I'm excited for your future. I know we kind of connected over the PE and and you passing that, but I want to hear your journey. So we're going to talk about your journey. 
I always love starting these out though, just kind of figuring out what led you to this path of finding yourself in the world of civil engineering. How come you headed this way? <laughs> yeah, man. All right. So I'm originally from New York City and uh, I was born and raised in the Bronx. I just remember at an early age, we used to have like uh, older, like those box TVs, RC cars. And I used to just like rip them apart when they broke down. And I was always like, just like fascinated about how they were constructed. I could never put them back together, but I was just like really intrigued by anything. And so I kind of knew earlier on, I'm like, ah, I, maybe something where my career takes me where I have to like build something or construct something, but I didn't know what. So I get to high school and I excel at math. Uh, I like math. And so I figured out oh, maybe engineering. I don't know. So there was actually this camp at the University of Connecticut. <laughs> it was like a, a nerd camp of some sorts, but uh, it was really good. Uh, it was probably like four days long and you stay overnight and there was a bunch of different uh, engineering curriculums you could take. So they asked you, hey, rank the order of uh, like whatever you prefer. So I said, okay, maybe electrical engineering, you know, RC car, mechanical is next and then civil third. So then I remember I got my first preference and I did a few days of electrical and I knew I'm like, yeah, I like engineering, but not this. <laughs> so wasn't a big fan of things you couldn't see. I ended up getting to uh, the University of Buffalo in New York and ended up pursuing civil engineering. I think at, by the time I graduated high school, I was like, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I want to be a civil engineer. I, I was always fascinated by like the high speed rails overseas and, and even just like our infrastructure here. Like, could we support something like that here in the States? And so I was always like just like fascinated by transportation. So I ended up uh, going through my uh, four years at UB and uh, ended up graduating with my civil engineering degree. And so that's honestly how I fell into civil. That's awesome, man. Well, it's a good story. I like hearing those backgrounds. <laughs> well, let's talk about the PE. There's a natural order of getting that, but what motivated you personally to want to earn your PE? Yeah, so I picking back up from when I was in school, I remember at the time, like, you know, it's recommended that you take your FE in your final year of school. And I just kind of figured I'm going to get into the project management realm and I don't need my license for that. So that was my mentality. So then I'm seeing everybody studying for this FE and I'm like, why would I take an optional exam? Like, that just seems silly. I have all these other capstones and <laughs> other exams that matter to my grade. So I just ditched the FE. After I graduated, I ended up working as a project engineer. So I did that and then uh, eventually elevated to a project manager. And I did that for probably a combination of uh, six or seven years. But then at that time, I was like, you know what? There were opportunities that I was looking that required that license. You know, like I was getting to a point where I wanted to be in a more supervisorial position. So now I'm looking at it, I'm thinking more about it. I'm talking to my wife and I'm like, hey, I, I should have taken that FE <laughs> when, <laughs> when it was all fresh. So I ended up like studying for my FE seven years removed from school. And boy, did that was that a challenge for me. But that's kind of what uh, piqued my interest in getting my license. So this was probably back in 2019, I'd say. A lot of people have different motivations to get that PE license, but when you're able to move up in a company or there's other positions you can get that are a step up, that's definitely a good reason to do it. <laughs> can you tell us what you're doing today? Where are you working? What's going on? 
Sure, sure. So now today I am working for the New York State Department of Transportation. And it's uh, in the public sector. I love it. And uh, I feel like I've, since I've graduated college, I've been in the public sector. But uh, what I'm doing specifically, I am out in the construction fields. So I'm not necessarily in design, but um, some out there on the streets with the contractor. We are developing our, obviously, our local highway infrastructure. So a couple of jobs that I was on were pretty neat. I've been at this for going on two years now. Funny, though, is that while I was in school, I actually interned for the Department of Transportation for three years. I knew what I was getting into when I came back, but um, it's great. It's a great company. I know there's, again, with like, I'm not necessarily on train jobs, which I love, but I do like bridges as well. And so there's been a lot of like bridge rehab work, you know, messing around with the piers and the pier caps, uh, maybe like the bridge deck repairs fascia repairs and a lot of like the steel bearings having to like uh, lift the bridge, messing around with the abutments. There's a major expressway that kind of connects the suburbs and the city of Buffalo. So I was on that. And that's a different beast because that expressway, it's called the Kensington Expressway. It sees about, I think on average, 100,000 vehicles a day. And so any work you do there is at night. So the DOT has its fair share of night work, which is not ideal for some, but not ideal for most. But uh, I was on that job for all of last summer. But it's actually really a pretty cool job. Just a lot of like, um, you know, asphalt repairs, just a new top course on it. Uh, a lot of like uh, guide rails that were replaced, signage, all of that. How do you see your PE helping you at your workplace? Are you having to stamp anything or do you feel like it, it'll contribute in other ways? You know what? Not yet. I'm still waiting for that number to come in. The passing the exam is fresh. <laughs> but no, not yet. It will. I know, especially if I am in the design department. So with the DOT, which is actually really cool, is um, it's not uncommon for people to move around department to department, say like the hydrology department or the design or the environmental. Uh, I'm in construction now, but I work with people who we're in several different departments. So out in construction, I wouldn't necessarily have to use my stamp, but it definitely gives you a certain cred when you're dealing with a contractor and they know, hey, I'm, I'm talking to somebody who's a leader in the industry. I kind of like asking that just to know how that's applied in your own workplace because, you know, engineers are working in a variety of different places. Some use it, some don't. Sometimes it's just a credential you need, but it sounds like it'll be of good use to you. Let's dive into the PE a little bit. What was your biggest challenge as you were trying to prepare for the exam? Yeah, so the biggest challenge, I'm an avid listener of your podcast, and I got to agree with many people with their challenges. I think it's just like the timing, you know, scheduling, trying to figure out when during my day should I sit down, buckle down and study. Now, fortunately, I don't have any kids. Man, uh, so much respect for those that do have kids, single moms, dads, all that. My gosh, but uh, I don't. So my wife and I, we actually lead the largest uh, ministry in our church. So outside of work, we have a lot going on in the evenings. And there's certain things that I feel like are non-negotiables that I just can't miss. And so having to figure out, okay, when am I going to sit down and study? Because I know I need to study. I'm not going to go into this exam cold. That was the biggest challenge. Now, fortunately, my construction season this year was slow enough where I had more time in the office. So I was able to find some time 
during my workday. And uh, supervisors and other staff were well accommodating. They all knew that this was pretty high priority for me. And I'm fortunate to have that. So I was able to study in the office. But um, I would definitely say if the workdays were busy, holy cow, when am I going to find the time in the evening? But having to just be disciplined, getting things on paper, getting things on the whiteboard, and then sticking to that. It's one thing to just look at it in your calendar, but actually doing it. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. was definitely the biggest challenge, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what you just described there, yeah, I think is a lot of people's problem is they're staring at the PE exam, trying to figure out a schedule that works for them. And uh, I really like that you and your wife discussed that to get on board with what you wanted to do. I'm assuming that she knew the value of this, well, not only for you, but you know, for your family as well. So sure. good tips around that. You're a member of our course. How did you end up discovering Civil Engineering Academy? Why did you end up going that route? Yeah. So I think it all started with a Google search, man. I was just <laughs> looking around. I didn't know where to start. So when I studied for my FE, I failed it the first time. And when I did the FE, I felt like I studied enough, but I, I was kind of studying on my own terms in a sense. Like I didn't sign up for any courses. I just ordered practice problem material. I looked up stuff on YouTube and uh, took the exam that way. And I did the same thing the second time I took it. I passed it the second time, but I knew that's not going to fly when I take the PE. So I figured I was like, yeah, I'm... I'm definitely taking a course this time. That's not an exam I want to fail repeatedly. So yeah, I did a Google search and I was just looking around at different organizations. And I know there was like the School of PE and I was looking at yours. And I think there was a couple others out there. I think, you know, so Isaac, it's funny because uh, what really got me to sign up with you is like, I, I think I emailed you a question just about uh, course reimbursement. You know, my, the, the Department of Transportation reimburses exam fees and course fees. and you got back to me so timely. And I was like, man, this guy's awesome. He seems personable. And so I'm going to sign up with this course. The price looked great too. And um, looking at reviews online, I just figured, you know what, let me go for it. And boy, no regrets, man. Your course has been a breath of fresh air for me. Awesome, man. We love hearing that. And um, we try to be responsive to people, especially if you're shooting emails to me. I get to all those emails if I can't get to a technical question, it's going to be me or someone on the team that's going to help get to it. So we try to be very supportive because I know as an engineer, I'm in the same boat, right? And I was on that other side too. I feel like it wasn't <laughs> too long ago, but now I'm like, holy crap. That was like a long time ago now. Sure. <laughs> you need support. And if somebody is responsive, that definitely goes a long way. We do try to be personable with people. And I think at Civil Engineering Academy, we've really tried to be just, you know, an engineer in the trenches with you. People that are here and help you are civil engineers and uh, definitely understand the struggle. So appreciate you saying all that. For sure, man. As a member of the course, what did you think was the biggest benefit of the course? Oh, man, no question. It was the video practice problems. I went through them numerous times, same problems. They were great. Speaking of scheduling, having like that homework, what do you call it? Planner. The planner. Yeah, that was awesome. I literally printed that out, taped it up on my wall. I'm like, I'm just going to follow this. It was spelled out great. I mean, even down to like the practice exams and when to take them. So I followed it like almost to the T. I mean, I had to make some revisions here and there just based off of uh, what was going on in my life. But that homework planner was amazing. Video practice problems. It was very clear. I was able to follow it very well. 
And obviously, like the videos as well. I mean, they were all great. There were some things I wish I could have taken advantage of sooner too, like the live sessions, the Facebook, like the chat with everybody who are all going through the same stuff, uh, even just like the encouragement that was going on through there. But definitely the video practice problems were hands down my favorite. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of stuff there. Yeah, we try to do a lot of live events for people that are struggling with particular problems and go through those as a team. And we definitely have some support groups. So all good stuff. Tell me about a little bit about your depth exam. What did you end up taking there? Yeah. <laughs> so I took the water resources depth exam. So I'm in transportation. You'd think I would take transportation. Right. Prior to transportation, I was in construction. So you'd think that would probably be my second option. But uh, no, I, I decided water resources. So when I graduated school, when I was working as a project engineer with this company, I was working like in the public sector with uh, municipal work in potable water, wastewater facilities. So I figured like, okay, you know, although I'm several years removed from that, there's probably so some stuff there that I remember. But what was the real motivator though, Isaac, if I could be candid? So my wife is in school. She's full-time in school, not working. So a lot of it was for financial reasons too. Like I was looking at the water resources. I was like, there's only two references required for this versus like transportation and construction that there's like a hundred. <laughs> and uh, I just talking to colleagues and stuff, they're like, man, just expect to spend like somewhere in, you know, the hundreds to maybe even thousands on references. So I just can't swing that right now. And so I figured water resources, two references, I found them both online. It seemed like the most economical exam economical route for me to take. So I think a lot of it was just uh, the financials, man. The reason why I took it. <laughs> you know, that's just fine. It's good to be honest. You know, when I took it, Geotech had zero references and Water Ooh. Resources had zero <laughs> as well. They have slowly added to those. And now Geotech has a bunch. Water Resources has two now, or it used to have none. They kind of keep adding to those. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> What would you suggest for someone that is up against that scenario and is looking at having to buy a bunch of reference material? Do you have any tips around that? Yeah. You know what? I know in the Department of Transportation, there's a lot of the references just scattered around main headquarters. So even just asking around, trying to find some updated references that may be laying around that you can borrow for a few months or for the exam. So I'd recommend going that route. I do know even just um, different like coworkers in my office, like they have some stuff. Now, the problem is, I just don't know how updated those references are. And if I'm studying for this exam, I feel like I want to study for like the stuff that I'm going to see on the actual exam. That'd probably be my recommendation. I could be wrong there, but <laughs> I'm going to dive into practice exams a little bit with you. How valuable do you think like taking a practice exam is? Did you actually set up like a testing environment for yourself or did you just work at like homework problems? And I know as part of the course, we offer a CBT exam, like a simulator. I'm wondering how that worked out for you as well. Oh, man, if I could go back in time and uh, that'd probably be my favorite thing. If I could re-answer <laughs> that question, that CBT but uh, no, to answer your questions, the practice exams, yeah, they were a must. I tried to simulate exam settings. So I believe the first NCES, you know, like their practice exam was probably the first one I took. And I just tried to partition some time on my Saturday morning and uh, nothing going on, no noises. And I think like in my testing center, they even have like the noise canceling headphones too. So I got myself a pair just to put them on. And boy, I remember 
it's just such a mental marathon going through even just like the breath section there and concentrate for four hours straight. And then eventually eight or nine, it's a lot. So I remember the first time I took it, I think I made it maybe six hours in to like the full exam, full breath and step. And I was becoming like just ineffective. (laughs) I just had to table it and stop it. Yeah, (laughs) I'm a runner. I ran the Buffalo Marathon and it's the same thing. It's just I just had to build myself up to it just like runners do. So I think probably by the second or third practice exam, I took several throughout my six months studying. After like my second or third, I felt pretty good. Like I was able to make it all the way through. I was still cooked afterwards, but I was able to make it all the way through. But then that CBT, boy, that was awesome. I remember there's a room in my apartment where I just set up and I told my wife like, hey, I'm doing this morning. And, uh, you know, she's studying for her schoolwork. So she's in the other room and um, just made sure I really tried to simulate like as if I was at like one of those like testing facilities and um, had my computer set up. Um, You know, I got some sleep the night before. I really just tried to simulate like, hey, this is the food that I'm going to eat the day before the exam, the week, you know, make the week of hydrating. So I I did all that for the CBT. Great. The CBT was just like almost identical to the actual exam as far as like layout expectations that even like seeing the countdown timer, when you could flag problems, going back to incompleted problems. It was great. Sell that stuff in the FE, but uh, it was just like a nice like refresher for the PE. Yeah, we offer that as part of the course. You can also check it out as a standalone item. If you just want the exam, you can go to civilengineeringacademy.com and go to our exams and go check that out. But yeah, we love that. We tried really hard to make it look like it. And we even allow you to pause it in the middle because we do know you have a life. And in case you need to pause, go do something. Uh, you can come back to it. So appreciate you talking about that a little bit. For sure. Cameron, do you have any other tips for people that are specifically taking the water resources depth exam? I think as any civil engineer who obviously went through school, there's like stuff that you see on there that you're like, wow, I, the breadth section, the depth section, you're like, wow, I recognize this or I've worked with uh, something similar to this out in my industry. And so I, I think like even just learning as you go too is um, it was actually pretty neat, like studying for the PE. I didn't expect. Like there were a lot of cool things that I was learning that I could take into my work, into my industry. So I think like maybe even it could be daunting, but having fun going through it. I think like having uh, any sort of like support group that you have, honestly, I have uh, a big community of, uh, of people that were like constantly giving me words of encouragement, praying for me, just like always asking, hey, what's going on? Bringing some food and stuff sometimes when, when I forgot <laughs> to eat. But I, I do think like that support group is uh, so beneficial to any way that you have it. Like it could be like siblings or parents, whatever. That was something that like I felt like really helped me in my journey. And just crushing problems. Oh, man. I know we hear it often, but there's so much benefit to it. I ordered so many different practice problems uh, off of Amazon and other like your website. I ordered some stuff. And um, I think like it's cool because you get to see certain problems, but ask differently, asking maybe like four different ways. And that's something that like on the exam, you may look at a problem. You're like, I know this is clearly like an estimating problem. I recognize it, but like I was kind of asked this a little bit differently. So I think like just like knowing all the different ways that you can answer that problem is so helpful. And you can only accomplish that just by crushing problems. So that'd probably be the biggest tip I'd offer. 
Was there any surprises on the exam that you thought were like, geez, uh, I wasn't ready for that or something that surprised you? And also for those that haven't never taken this, what was the testing center like? Was there any surprises there? A couple surprises, pseudo surprises. So your course did prep me for the amount of theory problems that were on the exam. But man, <laughs> there were a lot of theory problems on the exam, morning and <laughs> afternoon. I mean, I wasn't surprised. I, I felt like you equipped me for it. But uh, I was sort of hoping that like, ah, man, is it really that many theory problems? It can't be. And it was. So definitely a lot of theory <laughs> problems. I, I felt ready, though, for them. Honestly, too. So I felt like the breath section was a little bit more challenging than I expected. I was expecting, you know, breath to be obviously the exam is tough. But I figured the depth section would be like more the more challenging section. I found that the breath was surprisingly harder, if not harder than the depth. But that was just my experience. Uh, I know another coworker had a similar experience too, though. So that was a little surprising to me. Crazy. Those are definitely good tips. Anything about the testing center itself? Oh, yeah. The testing center. So I did mine at the Pearson testing facility. And I think um, they're thorough there. So NCES uh, definitely lays out exactly what you need, what you can bring, what you can't bring. And you better believe that those uh, proctors are checking for all that stuff. So I think like just making sure that you know and understand what you can and can't bring. Because I know like when you get to the testing center, you park. I got there a little early. I think my exam time was for eight o'clock. And I think I got there at like 730 because I was just nervous. So I got there early, made sure I got everything in my locker. They give you your key bring your ID. They take a nice little photo of you right before the exam. So you could choose a smile or mean mug. It's up to you. Again, like just knowing what you need to bring and, and can't bring. They make you leave like, uh, for example, they make you leave the cover off of your calculator and you have to put that in your locker. Even like the down to like the, the clothes that you wear, they constantly check. They roll up your sleeves or have you roll up your sleeves and they check to see if you have anything. So they're thorough. They're thorough. Man, way thorough. <laughs> Well, it's good to know. Some people have questions about that. So I love asking, you know, what was your testing center like? So that's good to know. <laughs> Cameron, this has been really fun. Is there any last second tips you would throw out to anybody preparing for this? There is a lot of benefits of taking care of your body going into the exam. So make sure you hydrate. If you're into electrolytes or trace minerals, uh, you know, put some of that in your water. Eat some good omega-3 fatty foods, you know, leading up to your exam. I felt like having a good proper diet, a good proper like exercise routine or stretch routine definitely calms the mind going into the exam. And I felt like it made a huge difference. So really taking complete care of your body going in, you'll feel great afterwards. So don't pound the like Red Bulls the morning of or <laughs> don't anything do like that. Don't do that. Full throttle. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Good to know. Well, awesome. Well, if you were going to tell anyone to, you know, a good reason why they would join up with Civil Engineering Academy's course, what would you say about that? Please do. Don't think twice about it. It's amazing. I was able to pass it the first time having taken this course. I signed up for the six month option. And um, yeah, I can't speak any more highly of this course. I'm preaching it to all of my coworkers. It's a great course. Recommend it. Totally. Awesome. Thanks, Cameron. This has been really fun. And uh, I wish you all the success in the world with your career. And the PE is really the springboard to launching your career into different areas. So I'm excited for you and your future. Thanks for coming on and sharing your journey with us. Oh, thanks a lot, Isaac. It was uh, awesome being here. 
Hey, thanks again for listening to the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. Thanks for joining me today. If you want, please leave a review or a comment or a like. They definitely go a long way and share it with a friend because why not? It helps. Hey, if you're interested in becoming a guest, feel free to shoot me an email, Isaac at civilengineeringacademy.com. And if you know anyone or yourself personally, definitely check out our website, civilengineeringacademy.com, where we can help you on your journey to become a professional engineer, whether that's to help you pass your FE or your PE, or just get great career advice. And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of this podcast and have an amazing outreach to other civil engineers, also shoot me an email and we'll be there to help you. Anyway, thanks for joining me today and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.